Love. This video is a message from a little boy named Salman. He disappeared five years ago in Syria during the war to defeat ISIS. He still hasn't been found. My name is Poonam Taneja. I'm traveling to Syria to find out what happened to Salman and the thousands of children like him, lost in one of the most dangerous places on earth. From BBC Sounds and CBC Podcasts, Bloodlines. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hello, I'm Matt Galloway, and this is The Current Podcast. Vamos ser muito duros contra toda e qualquer pessoa que quiser derrubar uma árvore, plantar soja, milho ou criar gado. That's Brazil's President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva vowing to end deforestation in the Amazon. During his predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro's term, the Amazon shrunk by more than 34,000 square kilometers from human activity alone. That's an area the size of Belgium. Now, a year in, Lula's government has cracked down on illegal logging and made it harder for farmers to raise animals in protected lands. But a new study says the Amazon is still on course to reach a critical tipping point. Marina Hirota is one of the authors of that study. She's a professor at the Federal University of Santa Catarina. We've reached her in Florianopolis, Brazil. Marina, hello. Hello, Matt. Nice to talk to you. Great Hello to, to everyone. Great to have you here. What do you mean when you say that the Amazon is on course to reach a tipping point? Yeah, I think that's a very important question, right? So um, the idea is that when we reach a tipping point in any type of system, the idea that we can expect an acceleration of change, an acceleration that we cannot really act against the same way we would have acted against before the tipping point. So if deforestation keeps going at the same rate, for instance, and it like crosses a tipping point, eventually any action that we would or we could take now will not stop the system to really convert into a non-forest state or a degraded state because it's going to accelerate and it's going to, in the internal dynamics of the system, will lead to a different state mm. and, and keep the system in a different state. Deforestation is one of the factors that has like a value or a tipping point, so to say. What have you seen that would lead you to believe that, that the Amazon has reached that, 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 that stage? Yeah, in general, what we see already happening and that we can expect are three potential states or degraded states. One of them is like a white sand savanna, a specific type of savanna that already occurs in the Amazon because it stands on sand, sandy soils. But the ones that can be, can trap the system, the forest in a white savanna state is way less diverse, so less tree um, diversity and less grass diversities. And we are already seeing this happening in the local scale. Mm. And the second one, um, degraded state, open canopy and invaded by grasses that are not even uh, from Brazil or, or South America in general. So it, they are invasive and because they are invasive, they do not allow other forms to grow and thrive. And the third one is a closed canopy degraded state. And it's degraded mostly because it's trapped 
in a successional stage that it does not become like a mature forest because of land use change, because of fires, and because of frequent and more intense drought. So it's a mixture of all the factors we point out as potential stressors for vegetation. And this one is, although it's closed canopy, function like uh, evapotranspiration, carbon storage can be very different than a mature forest. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very, very poor in terms of biodiversity. It's monodominant, one or two species. Why, why are these things happening? I mean, when, as I mentioned, when Lula came back into office as president, he promised to end deforestation. We've seen deforestation falling to a five-year low in the Amazon. But what else is going on that is leading to those changes within the forest? Yeah, in general, a lot of illegalities in the Amazon basin. Uh, we see even deforestation, most of it is illegal. And mining, um, like illegal mining uh, for, for a huge part of it. And the expansion of um, the agribusiness, agricultural expansion, and also cattle raising expansion. We see lots of different activities illegally increasing in the Amazon and deforesting a huge part of the forest. And I think now we can see that deforestation is going down because the government is regaining momentum in monitoring and punishing illegalities in terms of deforestation and other illegal activities. But we still have to do better and we have to to aim at zero deforestation mostly, or at least uh, to zero deforestation illegally mm. in the Amazon, you know, most of it. But um, other actions from the federal government in Brazil um, are pretty much related to restoration calls and ways to restore the forest. And it's very important that these actions they are coordinated with like states and municipalities because, um, yeah, only the federal government imposing something will not really take a huge force. But we need a coordination among different governance um, levels in Brazil. What impact? Really... What impact has climate change had on this and and, and global warming in particular? I would say that global warming in general will affect, and this is already, we have evidence of this, this is already proven, that will affect and is affecting already different climate regimes in terms of temperature and precipitation all over the basin. It's different and it's heterogeneous. It's not all the same, like decreasing water and increasing temperature. It varies all over the basin. So, for instance, if we think about northwestern Amazon, the historical time series already point out to an increase in rainfall and increase also in extremes um, related to flooding, so more water, and temperatures increase. Whereas in southeastern Amazon, we have a decrease in total amount of waterfall per year and also an increase in the length of dry season and intensity of the dry season is also increasing and also the temperature is increasing. In general, the temperature is increasing everywhere, but water scarcity has been heterogeneously 
changing all over the basin. So this we already, we cannot say it's totally related to global warming, but it has a connection to it because as the temperature of the planet is raising, mm. we can also see this changing all over the basin. You said that parts of, of the Amazon could end up in a non-forest state. What would that mean for the people who live in the Amazon? If I think about myself and my livelihood today, it would be someone knocking on my door and saying, okay, you move out because we're going to tear down your the, the building I live and we're going to take off your car and close all the supermarkets because, wow. you know, it's like, okay, you have... No, no place to leave, nothing to really eat, walking I mean, your, your entire way so, of life would disappear. Exactly, because they live from the forest. They take all the subsidies of their lives from rivers, from the forest. They manage all over the place and also their homes. So the peoples in the Amazon really depend on the forest to live. And if the forest disappears their livelihoods uh, disappear. And this is exactly how I'm saying and how it's happening. They, are, they have to resist and how you can live if you were just resisting. What do we do about this? I mean, how, what, what has to be done practically <laughs> to try to, if not slow this down, then prevent it from, from actually happening? It has to be collectively because alone we cannot really do anything. So it has to be science governments and peoples in general. We have to, at the individual level, at least in Brazil, but I think all over the planet in general, we really need to rethink about our choices. Each one of us in the planet can really think about what we can do as a citizen of the planet, because the earth system doesn't really recognize boundaries. And it flows from one place to the other. So eventually everybody's going to feel something related to what's going on in one place, specifically in this case, the Amazon, but other ecosystems all over the planet. And then if we think about governance, mm. the Amazon is not only in Brazil. We are nine countries mm. that encompass the entire Amazon. So we have to be coordinated. So Colombia is a good example of actions that are taking place and then are very moving forward. But we have to be together. So again, it has to be collective. And of course, we have to be connected and aligned to all the actions to mitigate and adapt to climate change in general and decrease emissions um, or greenhouse gases. We're out of time, but let me ask you just this finally and briefly. You study the forest, but what do you love about about the Amazon? Uh, for me, uh, I was a modeler, Matt. I was a modeler. So I, I had never been in the forest or in the savannas. And when I went there first time, I, I'm speechless to say, um, I cannot really put into words, but I felt really connected to nature in a way I had never been connected to, you know? So for me, Keeping the forest standing and thriving and resisting means that we have a chance to really show our, our respect to the forest and not only to animals and plants, but to the peoples. So the peoples in the Amazon, they are amazing. They are proof of resistance and they resist to so many things. I really connect 
to the courage, to the the way of living they have. So they they really have this amazing um, amazing connection and interaction with the forest that really inspires me. So I I'm really I cannot really say in, with words, but I would say that um, it really. Um, connects me to nature and it, it transports me to places that I really not as a scientist but as a person as a human being on mm. the planet that really changes me every time I go there so I don't live there but it changes me all, every time I go there to do research to talk to people and to really um, learn from what the interactions that I can see in the forest it's 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 great. Marina, thank you for talking to us and taking us to the forest. I mean, you've kind of transported yeah. us there. Um, I, I appreciate speaking with you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matt. I'm, um, I'm really glad to participate and anything you need from me, I'm, I'm available. Thank okay, you. Thank you. All the best. Thank you. All the best. Marina Hirota is the co-author of a study looking at the state of the Amazon. The paper is published in the scientific journal Nature, and we reached her in Florianopolis, Brazil. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.